Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Welcome to episode 79 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Today's special guest is my sister, Lindsay. Hi. Yay, because you finally <laughs> listened to all the books. Yes, I did. So today we're going to cover twenty nine and uh, chapters 29 and 30 of Cress. Uh, normally, I ask my listeners how they found Marissa, but you did because I demanded that you listen to the books. So why don't you instead <laughs> tell everyone, because you're not a reader, so maybe you should tell everybody why you actually liked these books. Um, so I didn't actually read them. I listened to them on audio. Um, that counts. Um, but they they just they trap you in it's something about the way that marissa writes um just kind of traps you into the story and makes you want to listen and continue to read more um i found myself quite often talking aloud to the audiobooks like (laughs) in complete shock of what just happened or (laughs) and it's just quite funny because I'd walk by people at work and they're like, oh, are you talking to me? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Just my audiobook. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character? Um, so I think Winter is probably my favorite character. Oh, well, we haven't gotten to meet her yet, but I can think of reasons why Winter might be your favorite. Yes. <laughs> So I know you're not currently reading anything at the moment, right? Right. Are you watching anything right now? Um, I have quite a few things that I'm watching right now. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually re-watching Covert Affairs. Uh, I love that I show. Actually, it. I don't think I ever finished that show. I don't think I ever did either, but um, I found it and I'm re-watching that. And then uh, for all you fairy tale lovers out there, Once Upon a Time also never finished <laughs> i'm so bad at finishing tv shows well, the last season of once upon a time they switch um actresses and actors so it's quite well, interesting. that's interesting but i honestly can't even remember the last thing i saw <laughs> uh i'd have to rely heavily on what hulu remembers oh it gets really good yeah, so I, by the time this comes out, I will have already read Instant Karma, but uh, obviously go check out Marissa's new book, Instant Karma. It's adorable. Uh, and then, of course, I'll be doing a bonus episode for Patreon members here coming up pretty soon. Uh, very exciting. <laughs> when does this episode that we're recording come out? Because I record so early. This episode comes out the day before Samantha's birthday, our sister Samantha. So happy early birthday, Samantha, who does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> happy early birthday, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're actually recording on, um, what day is today? Today is uh, election day. And hopefully we have a different world, but we never know. Uh, 
And I try to avoid politics on here because I know I have really young listeners and I don't want to be influential, but hopefully if you're of age, you voted. Um, Yes, hopefully. That's a big deal in our family. Most of us are women and we come from a line of immigrants. So it's a big deal that we're, that we live in a country where we can vote. Uh, And so we all try to take pretty big advantage of that, I think. Yes, I think so as well. Um. And, Do you like how I just spoke for our entire family? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so first, let's talk about some fan art Friday. Um, oh, well, your nephews say hello. They hear your voice. And I'm thinking <laughs> they're expecting to see a cat. Maybe I should uh, put my head Maybe. On. So listeners who have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, my dogs are used to hearing Lindsay's voice and then seeing a cat because we FaceTime and she has cats that talk really loud. So Scamp is over here like (laughs) freaking out because he hears you, but he doesn't see you and he doesn't hear a cat. I'm going to put my headphones in real quick. (laughs) Rocco Rocco talks very loud whenever I'm on the phone with you. He's always just meowing all the time. I know. And I think that the dogs, like, I don't even, not to like throw shade at you because I know they love you, but like, I think it's literally just the fact that they think there's there's going to be a cat. Like, (laughs) they see your face on the phone, they hear your voice, and they're like, oh, a cat, where is it? (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. So first we're going to talk about some fan art Friday and I have to shout out our my former co-host Ashley because she absolutely loved this fan art that she found. Um it is from <laughs> May the Fute be with you. Not at all an unusual <laughs> name or difficult to say. Um and it's from November 20th and it's of wolf hugging a can of tomatoes <laughs> with little hearts coming up and I just thought it was so adorable, it is adorable. and it was so cute. It shows you how much of a like a kid at heart he actually is. Right? His hair is all like flopsy and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just thought it was really cute and I I don't I know this comes out like towards the end of November, but no matter who won the election, it was a stressful season and so maybe laughing will be nice. I agree. That would be a good turnaround. <laughs> just laughter. And then the second one is from Unofficial Book Addict, and it's so beautiful. It's of Kai and Cinder's first meeting. Um, It's a little inaccurate because she's sitting down, and she was very clear about standing up the entire time. To hide her leg, yeah. Yeah, and also he's nobility. Um, But I love the shading and the fact that it's just, like, black and white outline and, um, like... I don't know. It just has like a really good tone to it. And you can see Nancy on the table there. You are an artist and I am not. So I like to think you have a better appreciation of this kind of stuff because you probably look at it and you're like, oh, the stroke there is nice or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys, it's so pretty. Well, if you look at, you look at the table, you can tell that it's um, so in Drawing a 3D reference, there's always a point of reference as to where you draw your angles to. And you can tell she did a really good job at lining all of that up with the shadow, the table, everything. So it looks great. Yes, so very good job. And thank you for letting me share because I, uh, fan art is one of my favorite things. I love that I get to share fan art. I wish I could draw. I really do. I have so many ideas in my head. It will never come to fruition. (laughs) 
Um, so last week, Patreon members voted on chapter titles. Chapter 27 is Hero from Disney's Hercules. Oh, sorry. Zero to Hero from Disney's Hercules. And chapter 28, which I'm really happy about, is Mercy by Shawn Mendes, which oh, I think oh, I think that perfectly encapsulates Cress and Thorne's entire relationship up until this point. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so... Um, we, we are going to start off chapter 29, uh, we're in Cinder's perspective. Last week, Cress and Thorne arrived in Kufra, finally, they're at the hotel. Cress was enjoying a nice bath, and Thorne was off in search of food. Um, Cinder's painting over Thorne's naked lady on his ship, because it's too recognizable. <laughs> and uh poor naked lady they're ho- they only have enough uh, <laughs> naked lady that naked lady laugh from how i met your mother <laughs> which by the way is already on a tangent but your ringtone is let's go to the mall from how i met your oh, mother oh really yeah so when it went off the other day quentin was like I usually have my Apple Watch on, so you don't hear the ringtone. You just hear, like, beep, 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 beep. But I haven't been wearing my Apple Watch because I, I found that it, like, damages my laptop when I'm typing, and then I just forget to put it back on. And so it started playing Let's Go to the Mall, and I was, like, dancing. Quentin was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> you would know if you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, Quentin. He can't watch it because he hates Lily. Why? <laughs> because she left Marshall at the end of season one and Quentin holds a grudge for forever. But they get back together. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> He's like, I don't even care that Marshall forgave her. I don't. But you know what's funny about that while we're on the tangent? You know what's funny about that is in Scrubs, spoiler if nobody's ever watched Scrubs, in Scrubs, JD accidentally gets his girlfriend pregnant and she lies and says that she miscarried and they break up. But it turns out she did not miscarry. And then she has his baby. And Quentin was like, I'd forgive her. And I was like, what? what? He was like, she's adorable. I would forgive her. Oh, what? <laughs> so it just depends on his level of attraction to the person, I guess. I, I don't know. Apparently. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks is like his celebrity crush, so I guess I guess for him it's like anything she does is forgivable because oh, she's pretty. That's like with me and Chris Pratt. Anything he would do, I'd be like, <laughs> even the uh, even the eyebrows we forgive. Yes, with, <laughs> which we need to do a bonus episode on the Princess Diaries because I just want to talk about that movie. <laughs> yes, that's a good good idea. But back to Cinder, who is not talking about eyebrows. (laughs) They're only going to cover up the plate that has the lady art on it because they're hoping that that way it'll look like all they did was replace the plate and and not that the whole ship is different. Jason and the townspeople are are helping, but they've mostly got paint on themselves and in the dirt. And one of the children tried to paint themselves to look like a cyborg. (laughs) Which I think is so cute. It is so cute. And the whole town is, like, cyborg-esque now. Like, people have t-shirts. There's a girl with a cyborg tattoo. And it's not accurate, but it counts, so. (laughs) Yeah, Cinder's like, "Mm, maybe I won't tell her that it's not an accurate tattoo. It's the thought that counts, Cinder. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
But Cinder's not used to the admiration, so it, it feels kind of weird and uncomfortable to her. She often is at the point where when she gets admired, she really just gets embarrassed and she doesn't want to talk. She kind of just wants to hide and run away from the admiration. I, I'm the type of person, like, it's difficult for me to take a compliment, so I kind of get that, that it would be awkward. But part of me is also, like, used to the whole, like, role model uh, pressures because I, I have two younger sisters. Yes. And you guys are significantly younger. Like when you were in high school, I had an apartment. So (laughs) (laughs) there were times when you guys stayed with me for multiple days and I was like responsible for you being alive and being fed. And (laughs) (laughs) so like, I I think I've always felt a little bit of pressure to like not lead a bad example. And so I kind of get that where it's like, it's like all of a sudden, you know, maybe she has to watch what she does or watch what she says because she knows that these people are like emulating her and she doesn't want to do or say the wrong thing right that totally makes sense and that's the same reason i don't like to talk about politics on this podcast not because i don't have an opinion i do because (laughs) it's influential to those who are younger it is and there's a lot of people who aren't even old enough to vote or maybe this is their first time voting and voting is a very big deal you should take the time to to research who you're going to vote for and why you want to vote for them and question the question your sources and where you're getting that information and it shouldn't be influenced by like well i heard this one podcaster and so i like that like i'd much right. rather be like influencing you to do your research and come to a decision about who you want to vote for. And I just, I just want to remind everybody that when you're voting, you're alone. It's your decision and you need to make sure that that's the decision you want to make. Not based on other people's opinions, not based on your parents' opinions. I used to think that dad's opinion was right until I grew up and I was like, Oh, well maybe not. Um, Yeah. Our mom, um, our birth mom, I should say, she's had some like political changes of heart in the last few years that have yes. really gravitated against what we normally stood for, or what we normally um, associated with. And that can be difficult because then it puts a strain on your family. And so I just want everybody to know, like, no matter who you vote for, when you're voting, you're alone. And if you're worried about like what people are going to think for who you voted for, or, you know, maybe my mom might not like that person, or maybe my dad might not like that. I know I voted for Obama, and I know there were plenty of people that were like, I can't believe you voted for Obama, but I loved Obama, and I think Michelle Obama is an icon. Oh, I and, agree. And I, I just... I wanted to stand by that, but I know that there was like a moment of like, well, what are people going to think if I vote for Obama? So just, just remember that whether you vote for, for Trump or Biden or Kanye, (laughs) (laughs) you are voting by yourself. You're alone in your little booth. You're alone on your little mail-in ballot and it's up to you who you vote for. And you don't have to tell anybody. If someone asks and you don't feel comfortable answering, you know what you say? You say, thank you for your curiosity, but that's my personal business. Yep. And that's all you have yep. to say. And, and if they push it, just be like, why does it matter so much to you? <laughs> no, don't be confrontational. But like, those are the things you're not supposed to talk about, right? Like money, religion, and politics. Right. Unless, you know, unless it's like a 
like a happy conversation. It's not like a debate. <laughs> you don't want to debate with your friends or family. <laughs> no, it, and it never ends up well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Nobody ever got into one of those conversations and at the end of it, the other person had a different opinion, okay? This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just gets mad. They stop talking to each other for a couple of days. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I could see why Cinder herself would feel that way. Yes. Like, trying to sort of protect parts of herself, knowing that now she has this burden of this town on her shoulders as well as everything else. Especially when she sees the kids having the tattoos and trying to paint them with um, cyborg parts. Uh, yeah. She's starting to realize how much of an influence she has on people. Absolutely. And Justin is like no fun. No, he's not. He's not like having fun painting the ship. He's like, you guys are getting paint on the ground and all this other stuff. Like, he's mad that they drew stick figures on the ship. And it's just, it's he's not a fun kid, you know? No, he's not. <laughs> he's, he's very, like, you know how mili military people are. I was going to say he's very much like your brother before yeah. anybody gets to know him. I say, I say your brother. Quentin and I have been together <laughs> since Lindsay was like 15. Yes. So <laughs> Quentin is as much her brother as he is my husband. Yes, this, this is true. <laughs> but he's like, if you don't know him on a surface level, he can be very abrasive. Oh, yes. Um, and pass a turn. So I, I totally get that. And, and I feel like that's exactly how Jason is. Yeah, he's he's like a we haven't really got to see like a a personal side of him. But so far, you know, it's like Cinder said, he's a little abrasive, <laughs> but he seems to be helpful. Jacin says he's not there to be bossed around. And then Cinder um, <laughs> <laughs> has a funny way of showing loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> the ship doesn't look like it's Thorns anymore. It looks like a totally different ship. And so now her one little connection to Thorn feels even more disconnected. And on top of that, Cinder, she feels disconnected because Wolf is still unconscious. Uh, Jacin is Jacin. Iko's <laughs> a ship. <laughs> she doesn't really like, she's not really a part of the community bonds that everybody has in this town, which I think you and I can relate to growing up oh, in such yes. small locations all the time especially like when we like when i moved in with dad and had to move to a whole new town i can definitely connect with that yeah and then the town you moved to had like 300 people so it's like oh okay <laughs> so it's like everybody went to school since kindergarten like, <laughs> and i'm the you outsider guys, <laughs> you guys have known each other for like 10 generations got it <laughs> right <laughs> But Jacin offers, he says, we got to give you flying lessons soon in case he gets killed. Right. Because that happens. People just drop like flies around Cinder. <laughs> it's not not true. This is totally. <laughs> it's not not true. It's not not true. That is, <laughs> that is a very accurate statement. <laughs> it is, yeah. She's like, but aren't you my pilot? <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna teach her after they eat. He snatches her water. He's so rude. She's right. Like for someone who thinks she's the princess, he is like hell a rude to her. Yes. 
he is very rude. <laughs> right? For, Which I guess he kind of points out, like, you know, when she's like, you've got a funny way of showing loyalty. Doesn't he say something like, I've taken orders all my life. Are you going to boss me around, too? That makes sense. So, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> she, and Cinder says, it's not like I'm busy trying to prevent a war or anything. And he's like, uh, is that what you're doing? I thought we were just painting a ship. But before she can respond, he goes, here, I just thought we were painting a spaceship. <laughs> and then we get, a, we get a calm, we get a notification. And Wolf is awake. Wolf is awake and Cinder runs to his side. Cue the, cue the <laughs> dramatic music Very and dramatic. cinematography of her running through the town and dust kicking up. and <laughs> Bashing in through the door. And of course, as soon as she gets there, Wolf is like looking around for Scarlet, smelling the air. This is so sad. It really is. And you know what, though? We we all knew this was coming the yes. second they got separated. Um, he's still under really heavy painkillers. And she, doctor says, like, don't ask too many confusing questions. Like, you know, we got to take this slowly. So he says... What happened? And Cinder basically like gives him the recap of, oh, well, you know, we were attacked, and then Thorn died, and then the space, the satellite girl died, and then Scarlet was captured, and now we're on Earth in Africa. But you're all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't don't not worry. Sure, he is. <laughs> don't worry, Scarlet's just on the the moon with all the looters, and you're here on Earth with us, and. Yeah. Completely separated. So he's on target to make a full recovery as long as he doesn't reopen all his wounds. Um, but Wolf doesn't care about any of that. He looks for Scarlet. He says, I can't smell her. It's like she isn't even here. It hasn't and been there. He, yeah. He kind of panics. He's like, wait, where is she? See, here's the thing. She's not there at all. Nope. She was taken five days ago. So now, because everybody knows that I'm obsessed with knowing what day it is, it's been five days since Crescent Thorn fell into the desert and since Scarlet was taken and they came to Earth, which means Wolf has been unconscious for five days. That's a long time. That is a long time. I'd be starving. <laughs> I know, right? It's like the first thing you think you wake up and you're like, I have to pee and I need breakfast burritos. For me and she like, I have to pee and I need pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously Wolf is upset. He grabs Dr. Erland and the doctor is like, dude, remember I said no jerky movements? <laughs> the first thing he does is jerky movements. I know. <laughs> Cinder like braces herself, preparing herself for all of Wolf's like anger and negative energy. She's been practicing her gift on Jacin and the doctor, but Wolf is gonna be the true testament. And she can feel him like filling with fury, the animal within the man, but then it's gone. Wolf's breath hitched and all the fury drained out of him with a shudder. Like a man shot fatally through the heart, he collapsed over his knees, covering his head with his good arm like he wanted to block out the world. 
So he was angry and frustrated, but the second he realized that Scarlet was gone and he couldn't get her back, he's just this shell of a Heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, To me, this... I think this actually made me cry listening to it. Um, Because you see this guy, he's a big, tough man, and then you see him around Scarlet and he acts like a total child. And then you see that she's gone and you you can see how that affects him and it's just heartbreaking and i think that for that reason that's why my friend ashley says that wolf is the most like quentin uh because he seems like this big you know intimidating guy uh but when it comes to me or anybody really that he feels protective of because he's been that way with you and Samantha and the dogs and right. stuff. Like he turn he kind of switch he kind of flips a switch a little bit. Um, and then I would say also the same is true of my brother in law of your boyfriend Randy. Randy's a big goofball, but everybody thinks he's like so uh, intimidating. People describe him as intimidating, but well, he I mean, is he's like a big muscular, well, not tall, but like he's a muscular guy and he's got like, I don't want to say like resting bitch face because he's like a man, but like maybe resting intimidating face. Yes. And <laughs> he walks in a way that like makes him more intimidating looking. Um, So he like puts his shoulders back and he like struts into a room <laughs> and I don't Absolutely. think he does it but I don't think he notices that he does it but he definitely does and I think that's why people find him intimidating and quite often people will ask him if he's from the military because he kind of acts that way mm-hmm. um, but he's not he's never been in the military that's just who he is yeah, and it's the opposite. My husband is in the military, so <laughs> if anything, that changed his personality a little bit because he became even more taciturn just because he has to be a little bit, you know? Right. And Wolf is, you know, what we learned about him in Scarlet, what we've learned by watching him be with Scarlet, he's obviously more than a surface-level person. Um, oh, definitely. And we all knew that there was going to be like a really big fallout as soon as he woke up and realized that, that Scarlet was gone. Because again, like I've mentioned before, they seem to have a bigger connection than just, I love you than just boyfriend, girlfriend, like whatever happens between the two of them, it's almost primal. It's kind of like, okay, I'm going to bring up another series. (laughs) It's kind of like (laughs) in the, the twilight saga when, um, Jacob and Renesmee connect and they imprint on each other. Yeah, it's like this weird spiritual primal thing. Like, it just goes a little bit beyond... Like, just boyfriend-girlfriend doesn't feel like it encompasses what is going on there. And I don't think that that means that, like, other relationships throughout the series aren't as, as grounded or as firm or anything like that. It's just that something about their relationship is unique in that way. Well, she's his alpha. She's his alpha and she's gone. Cinder says, we're going to go to Luna. We're going to get Scarlet back. We're going to rescue her. And Wolf flips his lid. He says, you don't know what they'll do to her, what they already did. He flips up the bed. He starts coming at Cinder and the doctor sedates him, which kind of he needed to, right? Right. He definitely needed to. He was all over the place. Yeah, and he doctor even says, like, if only we had somebody here who could control him. <laughs> He's just as sarcastic as Cinder. 
He is. But he's also, like, chastising her every time yes. he's being sarcastic. That is true. Like, when he pinches her for her her plan being so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love because, like, her plan, or his plan also wasn't very effective. He's like, you're gonna stop the wedding? How dumb. And then she's like, well, what's your idea? And he's like, we have to go to Luna. And she's like, how? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so you, you haven't gotten any farther. <laughs> At least she had figured some stuff out. Right. <laughs> the doctor says you have to get there faster next time. Perhaps it would be best to keep him sedated for the time being until he heals, until we can figure out what we're doing next. It goes, do you have any tranquilizer darts left? <laughs> Her response to this just makes me laugh so hard. Oh, please. Do you have any idea how many times I've nearly died since you gave me those? They're long gone. <laughs> I love that. And that's kind of where we leave the chapter. He says he's going to make her more because he has a feeling she's going to need them. I think so, too. <laughs> what was your chapter title for this chapter? It was Hometown Glory by Adele. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> in this song, she talks about how she's just walking around the hometown and people see her ask if she needs help because she doesn't feel like she fits in. Um, and I think that that connects with both Cinder and Wolf here um, because they're kind of in an area where they're not at home. Cinder's here with all these people she doesn't know, but they are admiring her. And Wolf's home is Scarlet. So they're both missing them, and I think that connects in the song Hometown Glory. I agree. And for that similar reason, we had a Patreon suggestion from Hannah for Hometown by 21 Pilots. And then I chose That's You by Low Millions. I don't know if I've ever heard that song. It's a good one. You probably have because, like, you've been in my car and my playlist is crazy. It's uh, <laughs> so the the song is all about like not knowing what to do when your other half is gone, and the lyrics are, "Without you, I've been laying around like a statue." Um, no, it isn't. I'm trying not to sing it. Without you, I've been standing <laughs> around just like a statue. Laying on the couch thinking about you, I talk to myself like the crazies do. Um, And so it's just all about like... Very deep. You can't move. You can't breathe. You can't do anything except feel the burden of missing this person. And so that's what I thought of when Wolf is this like broken shell of a man and he just feels so defeated and he like instantly curls in on himself when he realizes where she is and how long it's been. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking, and that the song connects to that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your quote for this chapter. Okay, so I picked more of a a funnier quote. Um, it was Jacin. He says, "In case you haven't noticed, people tend to get killed around you. I don't think that's a trend that's bound to stop anytime soon." <laughs> to me that's just I don't it's think hilarious he's, wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong <laughs> and i think that's why it's so funny <laughs> and it's nice to have the humor because these books are so stressful so you guys. stressful 
So I like when we get a joke here or there, something that makes us laugh. It's it's nice to break it up a little bit. I literally will listen to these books and just be like, no, that did not just happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, we just went to, well, by the time this comes out, it'll be like a month ago, but we drove to my dad's house, my dad, we drove to our dad's house this weekend, Quint- uh, a couple weekends ago, and I made Quentin listen to the audiobook of Scarlet, and I love Quentin listening to audiobooks because his face is perfect and he'll just randomly be like uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> like sh- he was so pissed when she shot wolf in book two she was like he was like shoot ran bust out like just like <laughs> he goes bust a cap in his knee he's gonna follow you what are you guys doing like <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. funny. I was like, he was like, I can't believe she shot Wolf, but she didn't shoot Rand. And I was like, well, it's not convenient for the plot, Quentin. <laughs> it's like, you don't understand how books work. <laughs> right. But I agree, she should have shot Rand. <laughs> you shot the wrong one. <laughs> Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. And now back to the show. So let's talk about chapter 30. We're back with Cress, who I love. Cress is my spirit animal. Uh, I love Cress. She definitely does remind me of you. Yeah, I I think when we read these books, like Quentin is going to be like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. That's definitely Bethany. (laughs) I remember like the first time reading it and like she's singing in the shower and she's like talking about net dramas and falling in love. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my entire personality. That is. It is totally you two T. And the funny thing is, is like, the singing in the shower romancing is also me, but I'm not like as a romantic person as you are. Um, yeah, but I definitely I'm very, like hopeless romantic. Yeah, you are. I, I definitely <laughs> connect with Chris on the singing in the shower kind of thing. And Do you remember when we lived together when we were roommates and we used to leave each other notes on the mirror if one of us taking a shower and we would write like song lyrics? Yes. <laughs> Because my sister and I are really cool, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) He used to write a lot of Taylor Swift lyrics on the mirror. (laughs) We still do that. We'll still just randomly text each other lyrics for no purpose other than like, I like this song and I'll just, there's no context by the way. It's not like, oh my God. (laughs) A random text message with with random lyrics to a song. And then it's usually like a back and forth thing. We'll just start texting each other the lyrics back and forth. (laughs) And I love it, but I don't remember how we started doing it or why. I don't either. But it's one of my favorite things and I'm just like, oh my god, I forgot how much I love this song. I'll just text you. I'll just be like texting you the lyrics and like two seconds later I'll get the same lyrics back or like the next sentence in the song. I'm like, yeah, that's how this works. 
Yeah, we we've done that literally for like hours before where we'll just text each oh other lyrics God. and then we'll make a game out of it. So we're like, hey, guess these lyrics based on emojis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is always like really fun and really hard at the same time. Yes. It's like you try to come up with something challenging and you're like, oh, I stumped them and they guess it right away. <laughs> or then <laughs> you come up with something that you think is really easy and they can't get it at all. <laughs> you're like, come on, this was really easy. It makes perfect perfect sense <laughs> there's a new game for all of you text each other emojis and say guess the lyric <laughs> guess the song oh it's so fun <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the hotel with cress and thorn cress feels amazing after her bath i so okay i haven't like been in a desert for two days and almost died of like heat stroke well i have had to heat stroke but i haven't like had desert fever heat stroke and then taken a bath but I've definitely had those days where it's like oh my god this bath made me feel amazing right. I'm back to being like myself and I feel rejuvenated and I feel like I just feel like a whole a whole place cleaner or something putting on freshly cleaned clothes and climbing into a freshly cleaned sheeted bed and you just shave oh, your my legs and you're relaxed and <laughs> yeah that's amazing and um i i love that like mr bubbles bubble bath you know that they give kids in the big oh, pink yes. bottle <laughs> they they make it for children and it smells like bubble gum but i love it it's the best <laughs> they make like all these fans which i know you love bath bombs and stuff but like they make these fancy bath bombs and and oils and and salts and stuff and i'm like yeah but i get the little kid one <laughs> <laughs> I do get bath bombs, but I also like putting in bubbles into my bath bombs. I don't think the bath bomb is enough. I like the soapy bubbles, too. Yeah, soapy bubbles are nice. So she feels luxurious. The The towel is softer than the one she had in the satellite. Uh, hotel towels are not usually soft, you guys. Uh, depends on where. I mean, well, I mean, they they're usually white, so they can be bleached. And they're usually been washed like 9,000 times, so they're not super soft. But That's it true. just makes me think of like how uncomfortable her towel must have been at the the satellite. That is true. And how, after a while, it probably got really bad. It's just really gross. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Even, if she, even cleaning it after a while, I don't think it would be good anymore. Yeah, because they just don't last forever, and it's not like it's not like it's not like uh, Sybil would have brought her like a Turkish silk towel, <laughs> like you know that bitch went Every to Dollar Tree, <laughs> <laughs> and you know she's had the same towel since she got there seven years ago. Right, she's also had the same dress since she got there seven years ago. But her, her short hair feels different. She wraps herself up in a blanket because she doesn't want to put on her dirty clothes. I feel you, girl. Oh, I, I would feel not too. put on filthy clothes after a bath. Me either. Just, it sounds gross. It does. I'd uh, do the thorn, same thing that, that Chris did. I would too. I, I also love like just taking a shower or a bath and then just like you said, curling up in bed and... Um, I have one of those, like, I'm such a weirdo, you guys. I, I like 
I get really warm when I'm asleep. Quinton calls me a space heater. Um, and so I have one of those cold pillows. Only mine was like $100. I need one of uh, those. <laughs> it's amazing. I've had mine for a year and a half, and it's the best one. It's called the coldest pillow. Um, and I've had other cold pillows, but one, they don't stay cold. I'm serious. Next time you go to the store and you're thinking about buying one, put your hand on the pillow and just count to 10 and your hand will warm up the pillow like it would any other pillow. So that's why this one is great because it doesn't do that. But I I just love like having wet hair and laying on my cold pillow with a fan on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because it just feels amazing. Um, So what's Cress doing? Cress? (laughs) Cress? Is wrapped up in her little blanket. She gets out the net screen and checks their GPS coordinates. And they are in the Sahara. Yes. Which is very convenient because that's pretty close to where Cinder is. I wonder how that happened. wonder how. Uh, I mean, logically, they fell out of the same spot in outer space. But still, still plot device. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's absolutely nothing around, and Crest realizes that if they they were really close to becoming vulture food. Yes, they were very close to it. They were if if Gina and them hadn't found Cress and Thorn, that's that might have been how it ended up. It it literally may have that would have been their last moment alive, I think, because they were about to give up. Yeah, yeah, and I I I don't necessarily think I would have disagreed. Like giving up seems like a good strategy there. I agree. Like, at that point, you're just lost in the desert. There's nothing around. No water. And you can really, you can really feel the sense of defeatedness. The only time I've ever been stranded, and I don't know if you remember this. I don't don't know if you were too young to remember this, but do you remember that, like, ugly little white car I had? Yes. Okay, at one point over the summer, I drove me and you and Samantha to Wisconsin Dells for a weekend. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think so. On the way back, uh, because also, by the way, this was, like, I didn't have a cell phone. Like, we yeah, map quested before, this. Like... <laughs> like, <laughs> this is before Google and Google Maps and smartphones and stuff. Like, we map quested <laughs> it and printed it out. And Lindsay was, like, my guide while we were driving <laughs> from Illinois to Wisconsin Dells. And, um, and we were on our way back. And um, my, I think it was the one of the tires went flat and I went to change it and there was no spare tire in my car. (laughs) And we were on the side of the road and we were probably 20 miles from the house. And I was like, I don't know what to do. We don't have a cell phone. And Samantha's like in the car crying. Lindsay's like telling Samantha not to cry. Lindsay's like, Bethany will figure it out. And I'm like, how the f*** am I supposed to figure this out? I had so much faith in you. I know. (laughs) Samantha was like bawling her eyes out. Lindsay's like, Lindsay's like, it's fine. Bethany, stop this. And I'm over here like, I do. like, oh, crap. We're screwed. (laughs) like, I'm she was so funny. She's like, but I'm so hungry. And I was like, we just had McDonald's. And she was like, so we're not going to starve? And I was like, no. <laughs> we were out there for maybe 20 minutes. And then this um, like semi-truck guy pulled over. And I was like, Lindsay was like, oh, good. He'll help us. And I was like, or it's like an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> I was but young luckily, and naive. he did help us. <laughs> he, had a, he had a cell phone and he helped me. 
Um, we called my my high school boyfriend Adam, and he brought a tire, and he changed my tire, and we drove home. Um, and I it was uh it was very traumatic. So, I think I was sixteen. So, so I'm gonna go into another tangent now. Um, two, oh, are you gonna tell the cornfield story where Quentin had to pick you up at nine? No, I wasn't gonna even mention that. I was actually gonna mention what happened to me two months ago. Um, oh, what happened to you two months ago? So I went out to Arizona to visit my mom, and on my way back, the GPS. Our mom. Sorry, I. I mean, just used to say my mom. <laughs> okay, so I went to Arizona to visit our mom, <laughs> and on the way back, the GPS took me on this like two lane road, and for I kid you not. 200 miles there was not one single gas station (sighs) and I was flipping out because I was running low on gas by the time I got to the end of that two lane road I was I had nine miles in my tank when I reached the gas station and I didn't have service when I was out on this two-lane road. My service kept going in and out on my cell phone. I was like, I'm running out of gas. I started freaking out, crying. I'm going to end up dead or in some kind of cartel thing because I'm out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like an episode of Breaking Bad. I saw that desert scene. Like <laughs> Somebody's going to murder me or use me for something and I don't want to do that. <laughs> And I'm calling, trying to call Randy, my boyfriend, um, because I figured maybe he could, you know, drive to come meet me if I did run out of gas. Um, but it's not going through because, like I said, my service keeps going in and out and I'm just freaking out. And then I finally do get a hold of him and he says, calm down, calm down. You're overreacting. And I'm like, you're not helping. <laughs> Well, you're not reacting enough. <laughs> so I get more frustrated and I start crying even more. And I'm just at this point freaking out, thinking I'm never going to make it. And I finally had him be able to look up a gas station for me that's is close by. And I was probably at that point, I had like 35 miles in my tank and it was um, like 29 miles away or something like that. I just (laughs) barely made it to the gas station. Just nine miles left, and that was it. And I got there, and I just, like, sat in my car at the gas tank for just a minute. Just some deep breaths, Lindsay, deep breaths. Right? (laughs) You're still alive. (laughs) (laughs) But now I carry carry gas in my trunk just in case now. (laughs) That's probably not a bad call. Do you remember, like, my car always has the, like, food basket? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> in my car. Not that anybody should take a look around Glen Coco, but <laughs> uh, the first time I went to visit Quentin, welcome back to Road Trip Podcast. Uh, the, first, <laughs> the first time I drove to visit Quentin, it was eight hours away and I was driving by myself and I was 21, 22, somewhere around there. Uh, and my dad was like, oh, okay, cool. Have a good trip. And our bonus mom was like, oh my God. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, she was terrified and she gave me like this whole list of stuff I had to do. And she put all kinds of stuff in the car and Bobby pepper spray and all this other stuff. And so she made me like hide money in the car in case I got robbed. 
<laughs> and I was going to need like gas and stuff. And she made me hide like a, uh, well, not necessarily hide, but I, she made me like this little um, like tub of like food and like first aid stuff and like a blanket just in case and like and a pocket knife you know how you need a pocket knife yeah uh (laughs) she's all about pocket knives i know (laughs) she got caught at the airport with one once and she's like oh i didn't mean to bring that in (laughs) (laughs) a likely story from this tiny redhead (laughs) so Cress is like, phew, at least we didn't get stranded. Now we need to come up with a strategy. We have to, because she doesn't have a backup plan. Right. If they had turned into vulture food, they don't even have a backup plan for this. It's like, okay, we reached civilization. Now what? They have no plans for anything. No. So she's like, okay, I got to try to figure out how to contact the Ramphian. And she, there's like a lot of information like logistical information about the Rampian that I don't really care about. <laughs> like, like it's this type and it has this connectivity and I'm like, okay. Bunch of nonsense to me. <laughs> <laughs> so she checks the news feed to see if there's been any updates about Cinder. And there hasn't, but there has been a, a lunar satellite sighting in the news. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. Oh no! <laughs> so this is kind of her oh moment. Uh, the satellite is in the middle of the desert. It was discovered two days ago. Witnesses say they saw it fall out of the sky. It's definitely lunar. It definitely had a survivor, and authorities are now scouring the desert looking for whoever these survivors are. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, that's not good. No, it's not. No. So. She doesn't want to risk Lavana, or she she knows that no one is going to risk Lavana and fugitives. So if they're found, they're getting turned in, and she's worried that the caravanners are going to see the news and be like, "Oh, it's obviously those two obviously. Quote, newlyweds <laughs> who were just backpacking through the desert and With got their car stolen." <laughs> That they used as their little cover at night. (laughs) But if Cinder sees the news, she might know that they're alive and might come for them. So it's just a matter of, well, who finds them first? So she gets dressed. She's like, I got to go find Thorn. Um, But they're in uh, the desert in a Middle Eastern area. And her pale skin and hair make her stand out like crazy. So she feels like she's like on display while she's there. Do you relate to this, my little, my my pale skin, bright blonde hair sister? <laughs> um, I I get stared at a lot when I'm in like big crowds, and I think it's because one, I'm almost six foot tall. Um, I'm five eleven. So uh, as a woman, I stand out quite a bit just because of my height. But I'm right. also blonde haired, blue eyed and I just kind of stick out in the crowd <laughs> and so yeah I, I, I do kind of relate to that a little bit I think I'm the opposite because I'm so small yeah you blend in very well because like I know there's times when like we've gone to like parks and stuff and you and Quentin are like towered over and it's like we're taller how do we not see her <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're probably hiding in the 
sandbox or something playing with all the little so, kids. <laughs> I'm, so, so I'm, so, I'm so small. Like, I just, I just get lost you in You just this look like the kids running around. We can't tell which is you and which is a child. I know. <laughs> you guys, this one time, uh, Samantha, our younger sister, was in cheerleading, and I went to pick her up after cheerleading practice. She must have been in, like, sixth grade or something. Uh, I would have been, I think, 19, maybe 20. And I went to pick her up after cheerleading practice. And like, I, I think Lindsay, you were with me and we went to the field, like we went to pick her up and the school thought I was Lindsay's little sister. Yeah, <laughs> I remember like, that. Oh, I didn't know. They're like, I didn't know you had another little sister, and I was like, I'm 20, <laughs> but I'm like a foot shorter than you. I'm easily five or six inches shorter than Samantha. <laughs> it's like I walk up and I'm like, Hi, I'm the adult, and they're like, Okay. And they're like, No, you're not. They're like, you can't sign Lindsay's her out unless you're 18, an and I'm like, are. I'm 20. <laughs> They're like, you can't sign her out unless you're 18 or over. And I'm like, well, I'm 20. So they made me show them ID because they didn't believe me. They were like, this girl's just, she's not 20. They're trying to get their friend to sneak her out of school. And it's right. like, no, really, I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that is not your little sister. She's like a foot and a half taller than you. There's no way this is your sister. <laughs> like, you're lying. You are all friends and you just want to go to the mall. <laughs> Like, no, she's just adopted, I swear. <laughs> uh, looking back, it's kind of weird that we didn't realize I was adopted. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> it's like blatantly obvious now. <laughs> so she's, she goes downstairs to the hotel lobby. It's very noisy. She starts looking around and she finally sees Thorn. He's all chill. He's playing cards. And there's a woman on his lap. And that's, she's gorgeous. She's net drama beautiful. There was a woman on Thorne's lap. She was net drama beautiful with warm brown skin and full lips and hair that hung in dozens of long, thin braids dyed various shades of blue. She wore simple khaki shorts and a blousey top, but somehow she made them look elegant. And she had the longest legs Cress had ever seen. So that description, I often think of like, um, I don't know, like um, Lauren Hill or Brandy. Oh, yeah, because Brandy's always got those braids going on. Yes. Yeah, and Brandy is gorgeous. Yes, she is. Yeah, I would love to see Brandy with some blue hair. That would be awesome. Yeah, they make this into a movie. Brandy has also aged incredibly well. So if you make oh, this into she a movie, doesn't look like she's aged to, at all. <laughs> so feel free to cast her as this character. Yes, as well. please. <laughs> um. So obviously, this kind of kills Cress because she's obsessed with Thorn, and she thought uh, Thorn was starting to like her too. And all of a sudden, yeah. she sees Thorn flirting with this woman. Now, we have to address this because Patreon member Sarah, she hates Thorne in this moment. She she very much blames him and, and does not appreciate that while Cress is trying to get them out of there on the net screen, he's like downstairs playing poker with some hot chick on his lap. So I, I want to make sure that we address, is this inappropriate of him or is he a single guy? So why does it matter? 
see, I'm kind of torn between the two. Because he is a single guy, and they're, they are not in a relationship. However, after spending... For what? How long was it? Two days in the desert together. They've been fighting they've been for their for lives. Five days. Yeah, they've been together for five days. Two of which was them fighting through the desert trying to survive. You would think that in those five days, because because it was such a traumatic experience, they are now connected in a way that you can't get in just a relationship. Well, and also, what is he doing playing cards? Right. He has things to do. Like, they need to go out and find Cinder and and, and get clothes. And he get... said he was going to try to find clothes and food. Right. He's just like, down there playing for... cards, gambling. The only thing I could think of is that he doesn't have money for clothes and food. So he's thinking, okay, let me play a couple hands, get some money, and then I'll go buy us some clothes and some food. But Gina said to put everything on her tap, so so that's he not wouldn't needed. even need it, right? And also, he's thorned. Does he really need to play cards to get money? Is he supposed to be a criminal mastermind? He steals everything, right? <laughs> I also want to point out that my husband has not read this book yet. But Lindsay has, and Lindsay knows my husband. <laughs> yes. And Lindsay texted me when I asked her about these chapters, and she does not think that my husband would approve of this behavior. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out if he ever gets when he gets to this book. But uh, I, I don't know. Part of me is like, well, I mean, they're safe now. Is, is she still his responsibility? Like. And I think you that's know. why Quentin wouldn't agree with the behavior. Now, Randy, on the other hand, if Randy were to read this, he'd be like, I don't see what the big deal is. She's a grown woman. He's a grown man. They're not together. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that, that's all there is to it. That's all he would say about it. He would have no opinion yeah. on it, just other than the fact that they're each their own responsible person. Yeah. And I, I think part of me feels both sides of this. Part of me is like, well... You know, he's perfectly at liberty to flirt with whoever he wants. And if he wants to go downstairs and play a hand of cards, why does it matter? Right. I mean, when they first got there and they found out about the cards, Cress asked him, like, do you want to play? And he's like, yeah, maybe later. So, I mean, I guess, you know, he's at his own free will to play cards. I think it's mostly the woman. Yeah, I'm... I, it's definitely the woman that's making her so yeah. upset. And and the big problem with this is they're staying at a hotel on Gina's tab. Yep. Gina, Niels, their entire caravan crew is there. And they're under the impression that Thorne and Cress are married. Are married. And married he's out there with <laughs> another woman Like, on is his this lap. how a married man should behave? I don't think so. No. So if nothing else, you're giving away your own ruse. Right. Like, if if nothing else, nobody's going to believe your lie now because you've got some girl all over you. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that that's definitely a red flag there. Like, if I saw it that, is. if I saw a man I knew was married having another woman on his lap while he's at a gambling table, I'd be like, oh, you scumbag. Yeah, I'd be like, well, that's not a very good marriage. No. Yeah. So... Kress feels like she's suffocating. She's so heartbroken. She runs back to their room and she realizes that she doesn't have the key. 
And she's locked She out. left it in the room. And she can't bring herself to go and ask Thorne or the front desk for the key because then she'll have to look at Thorne again. And she doesn't want to do that because she's already yeah. upset. Gina shows up. She hugs her. She brought her some shoes. She's like, are you okay? What's going on? Uh, Thorne is not her husband. And he can flirt with whoever he wants. Um, and Gina says, like, just don't worry about it. Let's go get something. To- My husband and I are going to go have some food. Do you want to come have lunch with us? We'll sneak out the back. Thorne will never even see you. And Gina is so comforting to her. She pats her hair, and sneaks her out, like you said, and gives her a little hug and kind of, kind of shoulders her as they walk away. You know, kind of supporting her while they walk. Um, she even sneaks her out the back. Nobody sees them even leave. Right, because she doesn't want Thorn to see her crying. Right. Um, and so she's like, you know what? Maybe it would give her time to calm down. Um, and, and she could just go on like her heart wasn't shattering. Um, so they're outside. Everything's closing up for the night. Um, and her and Gina have this conversation. Gina says like, I'm so, I'm so sad to see such a pretty girl cry after everything you've been through, but you guys aren't really married, are you? Like she knew that they weren't married. Yeah. She knew it wasn't, she knew it wasn't true. And she says, we all have our secrets. I can guess why you might want to keep this a secret. Are you lunar? And Cress's instincts tell her to run. Yeah, immediately she wants to get up and run and hide. Yeah, and I kind of wish she would have. But Gina seems really sympathetic. She does. She says lunars aren't even that rare there. And that they're more common. Yeah. And even appreciated. They just wanna they just wanna be left alone and they don't wanna go back to Luna. Earth and media led Crest to think that Lunars were hated by Earthens. But But Gina makes it seem like they're accepting. Yeah, definitely. And then Gina asks if she's ungifted. ungifted. That's an interesting word choice. That is a very interesting word choice. I don't I don't know if I like it better than shell or not, but it's obviously different. I think it's kind of the same kind of derogatory mark, in my opinion. I agree. As if the she's damaged because she's ungifted. Yeah, as if because she's other. Right. Right. And Gina has a smug grin on her face. Like, oh, I just knew it. So she tries to think, well, what is she going to tell Thorne? Because even if they forgive her, even if they're willing to accept this ungifted lunar fugitive, Thorne is still a wanted criminal. And so it doesn't matter, even if they accept her, are they going to accept Thorne? Yeah, because that's the real question. Niels and Quinde come back. They've got this big vehicle ready to go. Cress is like, where are you going? Well, they have a new order, and they have to make a special trip, and the, the camels need to rest. They need to rest, so, so they're, they're taking take a vehicle. Car. Yeah. This is really terrifying, you guys. Everything seems very, very, very calm, normal, un- unnerving. And Cress is grabbed from behind. She's shoved into the vehicle. The doors are slammed. She starts screaming and pounding at the door. But they're gone. 
Completely gone. Her mind was still spinning when, not minutes later, she felt the vibrations change. They'd already left the paved streets of Kufra behind. What the f*** just happened? (laughs) You guys, I don't know how people can read this book and pause. Oh, I definitely, like, as soon as that happened, I was like, no, come on, what's next? What's next? Like, I guess I'm going to walk know a couple extra blocks <laughs> <laughs> so I can listen to this chapter. But that is where we leave off. Thorne is playing poker with some hot chick, and Cress has been captured by Gina, and I don't know where she's going. Is this, like, a weird lunar trafficking thing that's going on in Africa that we don't know about. That's like, what I thought. Her, where first. are they taking her? What are they going to do? Like, it's very, it's very scary. That's completely my same thought process was where are they taking her? Like I was listening to this on my way home from work, this exact chapter. And I got home from work and all of this was happening. And I just sat in my car in the driveway, just listening to the end of the chapter. And I'm like, no, I need to know what happens. So I <laughs> so I, was, I was literally going to sit there for like the next hour listening to the next chapter <laughs> just to like, figure out what for a walk. Because <laughs> you just really want to know where it's going, what's yes. going on. It's kind of terrifying. It's very terrifying. So let's talk about chapter titles. What did you pick for this chapter? Um, For this chapter, I chose Jar of Hearts by Christina Perry. Um. In the song Jar of Hearts, um, now I have to think of the lyrics. <laughs> Collecting your jar of hearts. Yes. Um, it's just, she's devastated by the actions of the man that betrayed her. And this is kind of how Cress is with Thorn at this point. And I think that that's why I connected the two. Yeah, and I think that was a really good song choice for this one because... It fits both aspects of what's going on in the chapter with Cress because Cress in this chapter is not just feeling rejected by Thorn. Like no. there's now she has to be terrified of what's going on right. with with Gina as well. Exactly. So she's tearing love apart, and then um, the jar of hearts. You're just sitting there with the jar of hearts. <laughs> tearing everything apart that's just how Thorne is feeling everything on the inside is being ripped apart right now Her how Cress trust... is feeling yeah sorry Cress <laughs> what did I say <laughs> <laughs> so I chose um, Shake It Out by Florence and the Machine but the Glee version which I think is oh, so amazing um, and mostly just because like when I hear that song I think about the context that they had it on the show in which was a way to try to motivate this person who felt helpless and broken and that's kind of where Cress is right now I know there's a lot of blame for Thorne in this moment because you know he was playing cards instead of protecting her and I'm not saying he's innocent right no but but Gina went from helpless stranger to lunar trafficker in like two seconds right the second she was away from Thorne she saw an opportunity and I wouldn't be surprised if that was Gina's plan all along. And no matter where Thorne was or what he was doing, the second there was an opening, Gina was going to take it. Right. Now, Thorne didn't have to make it obvious by being loud and rambunctious and playing cards with a hot chick on his lap. But 
plot. <laughs> like, so what was your chapter quote for this, this episode? So my chapter quote for this episode was, we all have our secrets and I can venture to guess your reasons. Um, there is more to that quote, um, but that's just the part that I chose. <laughs> because at that point in time, you start to realize that Gina has known all along way more than she's let on. Which makes her, even at that very second, makes her, to, in my opinion, more um, suspicious than she was before like if I if she would have said that to me I would have immediately thought something was up because she knew all along that she was lunar right and I think that's why that's my favorite quote and it's it's a good one to have too because you can take it out of context and still feel that way we do all have our secrets yes we do and that's okay it's okay to have a secret as long as it's not hurting anybody you know it's okay to have things that belong to you that you don't have to share with the world. And you're allowed to, like, secrets can be a good thing, too, so. But not in this case. <laughs> yeah, because Gina has her own secrets, evidently. That is true. Very bad ones. Uh, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> so, what was your quote? My quote was... Her feet stumbled and froze. She ripped herself away from Gina's gentle touch, instincts telling her to run, to hide. So it's right, God, right around I the wish same you, part. <laughs> <laughs> How I wish you would have ran and hided. <laughs> Please hide. <laughs> I'm so upset that you didn't. I understand why you didn't. Gina played her role very well. Very well. Um, like I said, she, she went from helpful stranger to human you know, trafficker, lunar trafficker in like a second, you know? It's literally a blink of an eye and she's a completely different person. I agree. And and it's kind of terrifying, terrifying to figure out like, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen next. So I hope everybody tunes in next week and they can find out what happens next. <laughs> Just imagine being Chris on earth for the first time meeting earthens for the first time and one of her very first experiences is being human trafficked by gina yeah after two days of wandering the desert right with the man she's been obsessed with which isn't his fault like he no. didn't know she was obsessed with him but still and then she catches him like with a hot chick on his lap and it's it's just it's horrible what so she's devastating. going through right now. I can only imagine how she's viewing Earth right now and viewing Earthens like they're all scumbags and oh It's not going well for her. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Poor poor Crescent <laughs> Moon. Poor Chris. So thank you for coming this week. I'm so glad you finally got to be here for a chapter I'm discussion. I'm so happy I finally got to do it. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> Me too. And for this week, there was four Easter eggs. The word hair popped up ten times. Oh, we wow. got one captain. I know, right? Um, This is episode 79, right? So this episode comes out Monday, November 23rd. Make sure you pay attention to wherever you get your podcast from, because on Thanksgiving, there is a special bonus surprise episode that's going to come out. Mm. 
yeah, it's very exciting. For those of you on Patreon, I've already gotten it. I gave it to you guys like a month ago. So, um, but after that uh, is going to be chapters 31 and 32 of Cress. Lindsay, if people want to find you on social media, where can they do it? Do you have an um, Instagram, a TikTok? I have both. My Instagram is lindsaym.613. Um, I follow the Prince Guy Finn pod, so you could probably find me in the list of followers there. And my TikTok, which I use to just sing a lot, <laughs> is MyersL613. I also have Snapchat, which is the same as my Instagram. You're so easy to find. I know. I make things easy. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. I hope you have a wonderful trip because right now you're with our mom and sister on a trip. I am in Las Vegas right now. In Havana, Vegas, Street. <laughs> <laughs> I know I couldn't come because duh. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm not two hours away like you guys But are. also casinos and you probably aren't a good mix. Flashing. No, they have lights everywhere. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited that you got to come and I'm be here. I'm so excited. So thank you. And I think we did well on time. We didn't go as crazy tangent. We were trying really hard not to be sisters. <laughs> it was very <laughs> difficult. I had to hold my tongue so much. So <laughs> I know. Me too. There are definitely moments where I was like, I haven't even told her about this thing yet. And it's like, I, that's for not recording time. I, I could have <laughs> literally spent two hours just going into tangents. So I think I know. we did pretty that's good. what we normally do. <laughs> Even in a normal conversation, that's like how we are. <laughs> I know. So listeners, keep listening, keep reading. And until next time, don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today were from Cress by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Patreon member Lindsay. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo. And the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.